This is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. Hey, welcome into your weekend. It's time for another smoking hot edition of The Odds Couple presented by PropSwap here on ESPN 1000 and the great ESPN Chicago app. And alongside the legendary Mike North, I'm Carmen DeFalco. We're here to talk sports gambling with you for the next hour. Lines, all kinds of fun. We'll try to pick some winners for you. And we got a lot going on with the NBA bubble, the NHL bubble. They are proving that this is the way to do it. It's been efficient. It's working. No positive tests. We're enjoying it. And we got lots of baseball to talk about tonight, Mike, as well, including the Cubs looking to run their record to 14-3 and in just about 15 minutes. They'll be throwing the first pitch on the north side. What a start to the 2020 truncated campaign for the Chicago Cubs, Mike. First of all, congratulations on the big fish that you caught over uh, the uh, the vacation. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Uh, I will say this. Uh, the radio guys in Chicago are better fishermen than the Bassmasters, for God's sake. I will. Uh, you know, I see Matt catch the big ones. I see you catch the big ones. It's good to have you back. You got the, to- the body toned, ready to go. And speaking of ready to go, Carm, the Chicago Cubs, I, as I told Randy last week, I took the over 32 and 32 and a half, and I'm telling you right now, they'll be done with that shortly. I've said it on on other shows. I'll say it on this show. If the Cubs had played 60-game seasons in the past, they would have won 9-10 World Series. Good point. Uh, Randy Trio would have had three, 400 campaigns uh, with 60-game seasons. He would end up hitting 259. Uh, Rossi... Uh, God bless him. He's the exact opposite of Joe Madden. Joe Madden had to be the show. I had asked for one thing and one thing only while the Cubs, and I don't know if we wasted the previous four years or not. I'm glad we won the World Series in 16. But all I ever wanted was a set lineup where the players knew what was going on. And you know what? I just wonder if we had a more traditional manager, like a lot of people wanted up to three years ago with this team, instead of all the moves that he would make and not letting players know where they were going to be. I just wonder how much more success we would have had because I'm watching him in Anaheim right now, and he'll be at the end of the road in a couple of years. Believe me, folks. Yeah, I mean, they're off to another sluggish start. You're oh, right about that. Awful. I mean, is it, Mike, is it all... Uh, the like the Rossi effect here. I mean, is that what it is? And I mean, David Ross. Ross yeah, I mean, like, is is that what's is that what's happening? I mean, they it's basically the same team. Um, what, like, how has the script uh, been flipped here? Is it well, just the no change in attitude in the locker room? There's no people draw coming down from the scoreboard. There's no excuses after winning the World Series that we're going to be hungover next year. They don't. And here's the only thing that's bothering me. I heard Rizzo say this. He says, well, this could be the last year that we're all together. Yeah, I heard that. So, in other words, if you were together two more years, that you wouldn't be playing as hard this year? Is that what I'm hearing here? That this is a galvanizing thing, and you're sending a message already that you guys might be out the door? I think it's in their best interest to just say and be honest. If we win the World Series, maybe all of us will be signed. Yeah. 
I thought it was a pretty honest assessment, though. I mean, I kind of get what he was saying that they, you know, they realize that their window maybe is closing together, and, well, and they, they, they didn't have the sense of urgency the last three years. Maybe, did they? and and you know what it uh, it reminds me a little of because when you talk about the the difference in managerial style oh, and a different God. voice, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit. And don't get me wrong, the Cubs are a much better team, but like. The only decent year Robin Ventura had as a manager on the South Side, Mike, was that first year in 2012 when they were actually in contention. They kind of choked it away in the last couple weeks in the season, but they were uh, they they were an 85 win team that year, and that's 85 wins again where they played terribly over like about the last 14 to 16 games. But it was Robin was so the polar opposite, obviously, of Ozzy, so they win. 79 games and 11 in Ozzy's last year. He gets fired for those last couple of games. And then the next year, Robin's only decent year, they win 85. Uh, and I think Abreu was new to the team that year. Quintana's first year might have been that year. So the personnel was slightly different. But maybe that's just what it took. It it, it was a different sort of message finally in that clubhouse. And, and it's all working right now because the Cubs do look like the 15, 16, uh, early 17 Cubs. Robin Ventura is the, one of the worst managers who ever managed the game of baseball. He was taken off a little league field. I buy what you're selling from the – what you're br- basically saying is – they brought in a guy that was calm, yes. uh, that wasn't boisterous, and it worked for one year. Right. I think Ross, and I misjudged this myself. I'll be the first to admit it. I was worried about this. You don't even know he's there. I knew after year one that Ventura was there because of unsound decisions. Uh, you know what happened in the locker room from there on out. Uh, you had the LaRoche situation. Ugh. They couldn't find Robin. You know, there was no leadership. They they were living off the fumes, really, of Ozzy and still had a little bit left in the tank the next year. Ross, I mean, he's got a mask on. But even if he didn't, I wouldn't know who he was because he's very, there's no tie-dye t-shirt. Hey, there's no, hey, I'm hip, I'm cool. I'm a baseball manager. I'm going to go with the set lineup. And my starting pitching is outstanding, so outstanding yeah. that we're overcoming one of the worst bullpens in baseball. That's true. You Darvish was brilliant, obviously, again oh. last night, taking that no-hitter into the seventh inning. He gives up one run tonight. Uh, the Cubs will face. It's coming up here, too, uh, so we'll just wrap yep. up our conversation. I got Cubs. nothing on this game, folks. I, Good luck. I don't either, really. The only Except thing I'll I say— Except I want to win for the over. The, the only thing I'll say is the trend for early in the season here at Wrigley has been unders. You know, in the nine games they've played at Wrigley, the unders hit six times. The total's only eight and a half. Uh, the scary thing is when you're looking at totals of eight and a half and Chatwood's going, you're like, eh. I mean, Brandon Woodruff is going for Milwaukee. He's obviously their best pitcher, uh, even though the Cubs are 13 and three because Chatwood's going in the fifth spot. The Cubs are a small underdog tonight. He allowed eight earned runs to the Royals his last time out, but he is five and three lifetime against the Brew Crew. The only thing I might take a look at if anybody wants to jump on quick again is just the under. The under trend has been huge going back to yeah. 2018 in all the Cubs Brewers games at Wrigley. Well, and again, nobody's hitting. Six and three under so far this year nobody's hitting i mean the league average is like 240 or something like that i mean the pitching is way ahead i mean uh i saw what rob dibble said on twitter i hope they don't flatten the mound because the ah. pitchers have the pitchers have the momentum I, I last yesterday i had the under i with darvish i had the under nice uh i also had the over we'll talk about later with the blackhawks which was a nice one but i went one and three and golf in the matchup so i'm not gonna lie i came back nice mm-hmm. uh but i'm with the uh, you know i'm not gonna say I'm just going to watch the game because what's good about over and under seasonal totals 
is you have a bet every night. That's you right. want them to win every night, and that's what they're almost doing to Cubs. Boy, Mike's 32 uh, win total for the Cubs oh. is looking incredible right now. If if it's you, like knowing what your wedding gifts are going to be two weeks before the wedding. It's fabulous. I mean, yes. it is. You're in great shape right now. Now, for those that have a ticket, a, a season win total ticket, whether you have the over the under on the Cardinals, you might as well rip it up because Vegas <laughs> was only going to cash those, Mike, if you uh, the team had to play 58 regular season games. Yeah. There is no way in hell nope. the St. Louis Cardinals are playing 58 games this year, right? No. No, I mean, the whole thing is a mess. They got somebody else. I mean, you know, you're praying to God. I mean, that, you know, as the world, let's say a team makes the World Series, you're praying to God six guys don't get it. Right. You know, what are you going to do then or in the playoffs or something like else, like that? Uh, I, I, I believe this. I, I'm looking at it now. I, I like that they're playing on site, and for the most part, besides Miami and St. Louis, they have had no issues like that. But I'm seriously, and I know you suggest this because Randy brought it up last week. By the way, I was 3-0 and last week on the show. Folks. Nice job last week. Yeah, I gave uh, I gave York. I even gave a winner on the uh, afternoon show. Beautiful. Which I had been a local. I gave the Celtics out over Toronto. On Toronto had a seven-game winning streak. So, I mean, I finally came through for those guys, you know. It's never fun to... To run in like I ran into Yurko in the hall, and he looks at me like, "Are we going to have a winner tonight?" You know, <laughs> you know me, and I, I was sort of like uh, impish for a little bit because I think he might have been taking my picks. But I mean, really, I, I, I really like the four dome idea or yes. a two dome idea. Two like dome. I heard you had suggested, yep. and staying in the hotels around there for the playoffs. That's the last thing they need. I'm mad enough as it is that I can watch NBA and NHL playoffs all day long, yep. but there's no Major League Baseball games on, and that's a Manfred deal, man. Somebody should put a game or two on during the day, especially for the kids who are quarantined. Yeah, a little bit more often. That's a good idea. It's uh, ridiculous. And if come playoff time, they'll obviously have to do that time-wise, I think that's good for baseball. You and that's have... the only reason they would do it, because the greedy you-know-what yeah. would put them all on at night if we didn't have this situation. And I guess they're starting to think about it now, but yeah, I've been saying it for weeks. They have to be considering a dome. They've got to look at what the NBA and the yep. NHL are doing so successfully. Come playoff time, they got to consider it. The Cardinals, I mean, we'll see. They're supposed to play this doubleheader tomorrow against the Sox. Then they'll play Sunday. Then they'll play two doubleheaders next week because they're staying in town you to know, go to the I north side. I bet last week, and I thought I had time, and I forgot after I looked it was a doubleheader, mm. and I needed two more innings. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the worst part of this whole thing. Did hockey take less minutes away per period? Did basketball do that? But I'm watching. I'm watching this, and and the and the ninnies in Major League Baseball are going. Let's play seven innings. What a well. They're I, pro baseball players, man. But the minute the minute the outbreak started with the Marlins, I don't think they had a choice. And then this one's been even worse. The Cardinals are two. Well, then why don't the three? NBA players and NHL players have it? They didn't knock any minutes off the clock. They're playing the oh, same they're not playing double game they always do. Us. Yeah, I mean... I, are Cardinals... you telling me, Carmen, that, that... Seriously, are you telling me that those two innings are the difference between a man catching COVID and a man not? No, it's not, I don't think it's that. I think it's... T I just think time-wise and stress on your pitching staff and everything else... They've I, been sitting on their butts for four months. And, and that's even more... Like, what are the Cardinals going to look like tomorrow? Or if they, if they play? They haven't played in 17 days, Mike. They haven't even worked out. 
First of all, I can't. I, I liked them when I was a kid because of the uniforms. They got yeah. the best uniforms in baseball. I love Stan Musial back in the day. Bob Gibson. I could give a rat's Rudy Tooty. Somebody ain't following the rules, just like the Indian kids. Those Indian guys, Clevenger. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. What's wrong with that guy? That know. guy's telling everybody how he got caught. That's like me going over my course book in high school, explaining every subject that I flunked. I don't know what you know. What are you? What are you stating the case? Who told you to do that? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Uh, Here's how I got my F in biology that caused me to be thrown out of school. I mean, seriously. We got a lot to talk about tonight, so don't go anywhere, folks. We got a little bit more baseball. I got a baseball play for later. The NBA bubble has been fabulous. We got a play-in series now uh, with Portland and Memphis. Mike and I are going to talk about that game. I think there's some real value in that afternoon game tomorrow. We'll discuss that when we come back. Our guy Luke Pergandy. There he is from PropSwap. He's going to join us to talk about what's happening on their site and we'll talk about the plummeting Cubs World Series odds now that they're off to the smoking hot 13-3 and start. Luke will join us when we come back. Don't go anywhere. We're rolling along on the Odds Couple on this Friday night. This is the Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. Welcome back inside the Odds Couple on this Friday night. We do it each and every Friday. Then you get the Encore replay on Saturday morning from 8 to 9. We are presented, as always, by PropSwap. It's Carmen DeFelco and Mike North. Hit us up on Twitter. Mike is at North to North. That's the number two. I'm at Carmen DeFelco. And our next guest is at Luke Pergandy. He's one of the founding partners of PropSwap. Luke joins us each and every Friday night to talk about what's hot on the site. And, Luke, thank you, as always, and before we get into uh, some fresh stuff, I mean, last weekend we've talked so much about how PropSwap is great for golf and what transpired over the weekend and especially Sunday at golf's first major in a full calendar year last weekend at the PGA was fabulous and the action had to be hot on PropSwap, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, what, what a tournament. Um, <clears throat> super nice course out in San Francisco. But, yeah, we had, I mean, gosh, there was six guys tied for the lead on Sunday. I mean, how often does that happen in a major um, you know, we had a, we had a Scott Scheffler ticket. This guy got at 150 to one. Mm. He was tied for the lead. He bet $400. Uh, he listed it for 10 G's. Uh, it didn't sell. The market value is around nine. Um, so we couldn't find a buyer for that, but, um, you know, we sold a ton of Morikawa tickets, a ton of Dustin Johnson tickets, a bunch of guys sold Brooks Kepka on Sunday morning. So they, they took some profit. He obviously faded. Um, yeah, that was that was a crazy weekend. You know, I had uh, more cow. I'm going to talk about it later on with with Carm too. But uh, with the system that I had, but I got to ask you, man. I, mean, I keep hearing Nick Feldo saying, "Oh, Rory misses the crowds. Rory's good with the crowds." I'm going, all right. There is no crowd. More cow. Yeah. If there is a crowd, though. Are you seeing? I'm seeing some golf by some really young guys, and I think the young guys have been helped out because of the lack of crowds, Luke. Totally, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, there's just way less pressure, right? Like if it's if it's the three of us playing golf on a Saturday right. afternoon, a little bit less pressure than when there's you know twenty thousand people watching us on the seventeenth hole putt. Uh, so I I totally agree that the younger guys that are you know, probably just as skilled. Like these young golfers are just as skilled as the older guys, mm-hmm. but you know, they just 
haven't figured out the pressure side of it yet that early on. So this kid Morikawa at Cal Berkeley has has clearly figured it out. Amazing. What a good start to his career. Uh, So, Luke, let's talk baseball and specifically the Cubs. And, you know, a few months back, you could have had the Cubs uh, to win the World Series at about 30 to 1. Um, I mean, I've seen as low as 13 to 1 on my site. I mean, it's still going to vary from book to book a little bit, but at uh, a 13 and 3 start now, and, you know, Fangraphs has given them a 90, a nearly 97 or 98 percent chance to make the postseason. I'd imagine that those odds have to be uh, coming down, and people sitting on big odds might start posting those tickets on PropSwap, right? Yeah. No, we've been selling uh, 19 to 1 tickets all week long. I think we actually sold a 20 to 1 ticket earlier. Um, I'm looking right now. Caesars Palace has the Cubs at 11 to 1. Wow. Um, so, yeah, but FanDuel out of New Jersey still has 21 to 1, I believe. Um, but, yeah, to your point, they were as high as 35 to 1 earlier this season, which was earlier this season was only like four weeks ago. <laughs> so, right. Um, <laughs> I'm exhausted already. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's just, funny uh, about the Cubs guys, real quick? Uh, the, I think that w- what Vegas is saying is if you don't get somebody in the bullpen, you're not going to win it. I mean, that, that's why yeah. the, that's the only reason I could see the way they're hitting at time, at timely hitting, and with their starting pitching, with them playing for uh, 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 Ross. To me, that's the only thing I could see, guys, is that they're waiting for the bullpen, right? Yeah, I I don't know what you do with Kimbrel. He's on such a large contract, uh, but yeah, that that's clearly the gap with this team. The, the Cubs bats are always red hot. It's rarely going to be an issue for them to put up runs. And Darvish has looked strong. Hendricks has looked strong, like always. Um, yeah, the Cubs are the Cubs are red hot. You're obviously going to have to go through Los Angeles. It looks like to get to the World Series, but um, you know maybe they get an injury or something, and you know it just just takes a uh, two games to score you know seven runs and you beat the Dodgers. Kershaw can't throw in the playoffs, so right. Um, they got a shot. Hey, Luke, you you told Mike and me a lot, uh, you know, building up to the return of the NHL about just uh, how much action there was with the Blackhawks, and you know, Vegas's odds had reflected that, and you guys uh, were buying and selling. Uh, people were buying and selling a ton of tickets. They're just a very public team, but now down in this hole, uh, I'm wondering. I mean, all the people that Dils did sell tickets have to feel pretty good down in this hole they, they unfortunately do look a little bit outmanned and outclassed uh, to me by what is a very very good Vegas team but what kind of action are we seeing with the Hawks at this point yeah I mean we were selling series uh price tickets so they were uh, plus 600 to win the series before game two after they had just lost game one they were they were plus 600 we were selling tickets on them to win the series still. So, wow. you know, even before game two, there was a lot of faith. I think at this point, you know, now, now you're in a very large hole. I think Corey Crawford has kind of looked um, not uh, not usual this series. He hasn't looked too sharp so far. He's kind of came out of the net a few times that he probably shouldn't have. So, yeah, unfortunately, the, the Blackhawks are pretty much done. Uh, but we, like I said, we sold so many Blackhawks tickets coming up to this. So there was clearly a lot of faith in Chicago and around the country. A lot of faith uh, indeed. Unfortunately, it looks like the uh, the end of the road might be near unless uh, something pretty amazing happens over the weekend. They'll have back-to-back chances Saturday and Sunday to even up that series, and we shall see. Luke, have a great weekend as Take always, care, buddy. And everybody check out PropSwap.com, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? Ooh, ooh. 
Thanks, Carmen. Thanks, Mike. Have a good weekend. See you, buddy. You too. There he is, Luke Pergandy. Uh, again, PropSwap.com, your place to buy. You know what? I don't get it. Sports what? Bets. I finally woke up, you know, because we, let's face it. We came back, and we didn't know what time they're playing. We don't know what day everybody's playing. I finally woke up. I didn't bring it up earlier, but Morikawa to me, I got lucky. I took, I put a hundred on DJ at three and a half to one, Carm. Mm-hmm. So if I lose, or even if I win with DJ, I make up most of what I'm going to spend because I spent a total of four hundred. Mm-hmm. Put a hundred on Casey at sixteen to one. Put a hundred on Morikawa, okay, and I put a, who was at a nine to one, and I put a hundred on Kepka, who was five to one, where I'd make a little profit. I. I didn't take DeChambeau. I didn't take other guys I could have taken, so I just hit right on it. But I really spent 400 and I made a $500 profit. So that's the way you got to play it, just Beautiful. like the horses. Pick three or four, because if you're going to pick one guy to try to win that tournament, and also the fourth day has been a day of comebacks of late in, 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 the, in, in golf. So the fourth round uh, is not assured. And uh, for the guy that's leading, as we saw with DJ. So that's 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 what happened. I had a real good weekend, like I said, and uh, I got lucky. I don't know when that's going to happen again, but at least you know it's possible if you have multiple guys. Absolutely. That's a heck of a hit uh, to have that kind of uh, that kind of profit and more right. college. Just, I mean, man, it's uh, – and, and I think you, you bring up a good point with Luke, like the, the lack of a crowd – might benefit a young player who's inexperienced. You know, under, under normal circumstances, a 23-year-old kid charging for his first ever major on Sunday with uh, a, a rip-roaring crowd, like, you know, that, that's that got to be harder. It just has to be more intimidating. I think that there's no doubt about that. Well, I mean, I look at it, and you're absolutely right. I mean, can you imagine? I think Tiger's a better golfer with the crowd. I know that he's yeah. playing once every three or four months. You know, and stuff like that. But, I, you know, Feldo, and I like Feldo. I really do. I, I think he's entertaining. Uh, you know, I think he knows his golf and stuff like that. But uh, if Rory, you, sh- you should be able to golf without a crowd. So, I mean, making excuses for certain guys, to me, is, is ridiculous, don't you think? I mean, these guys yeah. played with no crowds uh, when they were kids yeah. and when they grew up through the ranks. So that's I think that's nonsense. I think the rest of the young guys and some of these other guys like Kepka are catching up to the likes of Spieth and Rory. Yeah. Uh, how about the Hawks, Mike? You think there's any chance here? I mean, I, I thought they did certainly play much better as the game went on yesterday, game two. I thought Crawford, after uh, another shaky start, uh, responded in a big way. I mean, there, there's no way the Hawks even make it to overtime if not for Corey Crawford in that third period. I think the Hawks were tripled up in uh, shots, if I'm not mistaken, uh, maybe even a little bit more than that. It might have been 16-5 to in favor of uh, Vegas. You can tell Vegas is the more dangerous team with the puck. They have nearly doubled up the Blackhawks so far in the first two games in terms of the uh, even strength, high danger chances. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they do look out man to me, but uh, Crawford kept him in it late. And, you know, they still have some high-end talent that I guess that, you know, it makes you want to believe. But, you know, down 0-2 now, they got two big games this weekend against Vegas. What do you think happens well, in game Well, I watched four? the game because I had the over six. Yeah, and well, nice over- hit, by the way. Yeah, thanks. That was over early. I mean, you know, what's good about hockey is, you know, when, when it's 3-3 three to three and oh. you got six, it's going to be seven. Beautiful. I mean, Playoff game, you're, you, you're golden. You're golden. So... Uh, I'm looking at Crawford, and I'm not blaming him for everything because you're right. He did play great, I thought, at spots. But you know what? He's got two Stanley Cups. I'm not ever going to uh, down a guy like that. 
I'm going to blame. I saw Taves on that last goal. There were three Hawks there, and they just let the guy skate up the middle. They and were it was exhausted. A fabulous pass. Yep. What were they doing? They were exhausted. I think they they were out there for a long shift. There was a bad turnover in the neutral zone. They right. couldn't get off the ice, Mike. And they, you're right. They they were spent. They had nothing. That was horrible. They were out quicked. They were outplayed. Uh, I know Taves, after, right after that, he, they showed him skating off, saying, yep. muttering to himself he was disgusted. I think yep. he, not at himself, maybe, but at just a lack of accountability for somebody in front of the net. I don't think I, the great goaltenders of our time could have stopped that one. But, you know, Crawford at times gets shaky, and it's. but he wasn't the problem last night. He really wasn't. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's the defense of the Blackhawks. I mean, what did they have in the? How many shots did he face in the third quarter? Uh, I, I think it was 16. Yeah, I mean they they got like tripled up in shots. Without uh-huh. him, there's no way they even make it to overtime. You're right. When we come back, Mike and I are going to talk a little bit about the NBA bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the teams that don't look so hot going into the playoffs. Some of the teams that really do. The thrilling Portland Brooklyn finish last night that secured the eight seed for the playing series for Portland. So tomorrow. Uh, and then maybe Sunday we'll see. But tomorrow we've got uh, in the afternoon Portland and Memphis to see who the eight seed is going to be. So we're going to talk about that game. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Plus our guy Jim Miller. Jimmy! He's coming up in a little bit. He's got some ponies. We're rolling along on this Friday. It's the Odds Couple. You're listening to the Odds Couple. Friday nights at 6. With a replay Saturday morning at 8. On ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. everyone's having a great Friday night. Mike North, Carmen DeFalco, we're with you here talking sports and sports gambling. We're the Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. Remember, the podcast will be up right when we're done at 8 o'clock. We're with you every Friday from 7 to 8. And then you can get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. You'll get the Encore replay tomorrow, 8 to 9, before Brian Hanley and Pat Boyle have the hockey show. And they'll be all over oh. uh, Game 3 and 4. Back-to-back this weekend for the Hawks and Vegas in the Edmonton bubble in How the about West. that? Having a hockey show. So great. It turned out to be gold. What a decision. Absolutely Man. wonderful. All right, NBA bubble. Uh, this has also been some exciting action. We had, a, I mean, the way Portland has played. Let's start there because we do have a play-in series now. Might be just one game. Might be a series. We'll see. So Portland secures the eight seed. Memphis went just two and six in the bubble, so Memphis is the nine. That means Portland needs to win just one game. Memphis would have to win two over the weekend to be the eight seed, and then most people would figure you're the sacrificial lamb to LeBron, AD, and the Lakers anyway in round one of the Western Conference playoffs. But the the first game is going to be tomorrow, Mike. Mm -hmm. It'll be tomorrow afternoon. Portland is a seven-point favorite against Memphis, and I got to tell you, I think this line is a little inflated because of what uh, the way Dame Lillard has played, and he's been fabulous. Dame Lillard is averaging like 38 points per game in the bubble, but you know what? He's playing almost 40 minutes a game in the bubble, and Portland, as good as uh, that team is offensively, they still really struggle to get stops, and I got to tell you, even though Memphis has lost Jaron Jackson and they only went 2-6, and six, I think there's a lot of value in Memphis getting 7 points tomorrow. And by the way, I mean, I just want to say this because Randy, uh, you know, I was on with Randy last week and I said, Randy Merkin, I said, listen, I already had Portland uh, going against the Lakers because the nonsense I've already heard. 
is that Portland would give the Lakers a run. Mm. Okay? I think that's utter nonsense. You got Anthony Davis and LeBron James, okay? I don't care what anybody else says. I don't see them losing to them. That being said, um, I think Portland, I'm not going to say, I think if you were going to play them, you play them on the money line. I don't even know what the money line is. Uh, Memphis does not. I mean, Marcus Gasol's not walking through that door. <laughs> Mike Conley's not walking through nope. that door. Uh, I think uh, they're a shadow of of the team that was okay, a shadow of the team that they once were. So uh, I think Portland's going to play the Lakers. I think they're going to get the win that they need, but then I think the Lakers are going to spank them. Yeah, I think so. And I know the Lakers were a little disappointing. I mean, you could argue that the Lakers and the Bucks, the two top seeds, were the most disappointing in the bubble. They went just 6-10 and 10 combined. But is that really surprising with guys not playing as much and they had very little to play for? I mean, they locked up those seeds right. early. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't go crazy LeBron and, and overreact. LeBron is a groin pull anyway. Yeah, right. Why I mean, are you going to risk it? I would not overreact to, to anything no. that we saw no. from the Bucks and Lakers. I think Mike's right, too. If Portland does win this thing and get in, oh. as brilliant as Dame Lillard has been and C.J. McCollum, and they, they're really a good offense. I mean, in, in all of the offensive categories. Unless Bill Walton comes in. Right. I, I don't see it. I mean, and it, it's it, never going to happen. And, and mostly just because I think for as good as they are offensively, they struggle to get stops. But sure. they, they are great offensively. They're fifth in points per game. They're, they're second in three-point percentage. Uh, they make their free throws. I think they've got the fourth best offensive efficiency rating in the league, so they can really score. And Lillard has been, you know, he had a fifty-point game, a sixty-point game. He's been brilliant, but I think they're going to run out of steam. I here. can tell you have been the darling of the era of offense. Oh yeah, you know because I oh, of course I, they call you Mister Offense. <laughs> I understand that. Oh, I'm going to tell you, Carm, is this. You still need to play D, and yeah. you brought it up. Uh, you're right. Offense in the NBA, everybody does. You know what I mean? Even the Bulls. And by the way, by the way, Jim Boylan. So long, everybody. But that's besides the point. (laughs) Taps for Jim Boylan. That's not a surprise, right? We knew knew that had to happen, right, Mike? Well, what I like is Jerry, and I talk to Jerry almost once a week to see how he's doing now. I go, hey, I I, I like the fact that they, they fool everybody. Or try to fool everybody by saying, we may keep them. It's for the financial reason. Now they're probably going to credit uh, the new guy with this, when I know exactly what they're doing, nice smoke screens here and there, but he had to go, Carmen. You know that. Yeah. I think it's a good day, but I know who's going to make the picks, the same guys that have been making the picks in the past. So, you know, I, we'll, well see what I mean, happens there. New, new, new blood now. I mean, I, you know, I think Pax really is taking on just a much lesser role. I oh, think he's my the, gosh, Carmen. Do you don't God think so? Help you. You think his, Pax his is still... office is closer. It's next door now. I don't know. I, I don't know. Unless, unless Did they really... really have to get out that there was some human resource problems with Jim Boylan? I mean, how does somebody do that? I mean, because I guess he got in an argument with the chef, you know? So with the so team so chef, do you really have to go there? So silly. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's silly. I mean, come on, because he didn't get bacon on his cheeseburger? <laughs> I mean, Huh? What happened? You didn't get enough fries? So you went back and forth? You're tired? You're getting beat up in the papers? You don't get the coleslaw that you wanted? You're looking for the shake you ordered, and then, you know, you wait 10 minutes for your food? I don't know. A bunch of silliness. Right. I don't know. And I, I've, I've, maybe I'm being foolish, but i got to believe that You're the uh, best. they're doing this with an eye on really changing their, their decision-making process over there. I mean, Can it, you do me a favor? Can you replay that back later on? Well, just, what's the just, point of all this? Why are you? Why are you spending? It's called history. 
but why are you spending all this money on totally revamping your front office if the same guy is going to be making the picks? That, that, that makes no sense. Then why is the same guy still there? Well, because you know how Jerry is. You knew, oh, you, you, the you know, old, you know how Jerry you is. You know he's way too loyal to ever get rid of Pax. He'll never get rid of Kenny. He'll never get rid of Pax. He, that's the whole point. I mean, you know, I had, I, 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 look, I, I, I almost broke it to the chairman that he's dropped about in since he's owned the team, and I try I called this, so I don't want to hear. Even Steve Stone is saying McCann's got to play more. Where was everybody last year when I said, why are you picking up a, a guy worth $77 million that you could buy, spend on other things like pitching and other positions? I almost broke the news to him that, but I didn't have the heart in these trying times that he's blown about $730 million bucks since the early 80s on guys like Jamie Navarro and Adam Ugh. Dunn and Grandel and other people. I didn't want to make him sick. You know what wow, I mean? The Navarro deal will make him sick. You know what? <laughs> it doesn't matter what you bet. I mean, do you know, speaking of Jerry, I mean, he bought that Bulls franchise for, what was it, like? Is, Ten eight, mil. Ten million? Ten yeah. million dollars. Mike, it's worth like two and a half billion dollars. And he's worried about keeping boiling, maybe, because he doesn't want to spend on the coach. I love the man. And I'll give, and I'll give Jerry credit for this. Now, I yep. will give him credit for something, because for all, and, and you sort of touched on Well, you got to give him for, credit for, for, for buying the team and building the team. Well, and, and, done. And, and for all the, you know, for the narrative that's always out there, well, you know, I'm hearing, you know, you heard a lot of national guys. Well, I keep hearing that. Boylan might stay because Jerry doesn't want to have to pay another coach. Plants. Listen, Jerry's the, all they do is pay coaches. the The last coach that finished his contract that they didn't have to pay was Phil Jackson twenty years ago. Yep. that's the they've paid every other coach out the door. They had to pay Tim Floyd off. They had to pay Scott Skiles. They had to pay Vinny Del Negro. They had to pay Tom Thibodeau. Now they had to pay Fred Hoiberg. They knew Hoiberg was going to get gobbled up quickly, so there would be some offset are the, there. Are the handprints off Del Negro's neck by now? I don't know. They might still be there. I'm just but, asking. It, it, you know, it, it, I think all they were missing, all Pax was missing that night was a rope. <laughs> My I think God. Was, I think he was trying to use Vinny's tie as the rope. You want to talk about human resource. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. How about, how about I mean, I'll fight in the locker room in front of everybody, and the guy gets kicked, kicked higher upstairs. Never, yeah, that's never good. Uh, any uh, any upsets you see in the first round? I mean, I don't even know. You Listen, 4-5 in the West is Oklahoma City. And uh, and Houston, but I think uh, I think the well, Thunder are the smut. Now they're the four or five matchup, but they'd be it'd be a, an upset because if I'm not mistaken, I should double check this. I think the Thunder in the series price are a small dog here because you know, there's a lot of love for the Rockets and James Harden, but no Westbrook course. probably for the first game or two. Uh, Chris Bleck was on this the other day talking about it. I mean, I, I and he watches a lot of NBA. I think the Thunder are a good play in that series. Well, you know what? Uh, I think that I, 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 like tonight. Uh, I have uh, Houston and, and, and that game, uh, and I'm going to talk to, about that, uh, you know, as far as uh, and other things. Because the bottom line is this. Houston, to me, Chris Paul, um, James Harden, what do, we, what do we think? Scoring. Why, they get beat all the time, Carm. It's another because team that can we, score. We, we know they could score. I, I, are they going to play both ends of the court? Yeah. And and where does – I don't know. I, I, I love Russell Westbrook, but don't you think by him being on that team, he's almost like a magnet for you to bet that team? 
kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the idea that he, you know, he, it's an interesting storyline against his former team. That's for sure. You know, I mean, I think that's intriguing. But he, again, he's hurt. He's hurt, and they, he's probably not going to play in the first game or two. I've I think been the first saying game this. Is definitely, he's out. I've been saying this all along for people who've been listening to the odds couple. And don't forget about the encore tomorrow, folks, at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning. The podcast is put up. It's unbelievable. But I've been saying this. I thought, and we all thought, first of all, I thought Edmonton was going to beat the Hawks. But, I, you know, I also said that the one sport where the chalk would win would be the NBA. Yeah, agreed. That's the kind of sport it is. Normally when, is. When Michael Jordan took the court. I'm going to win 72 out of 82 games. You know why? Because I'm going to play as hard as I can, and there's nobody that can stay with me. And and I think the other sports like baseball and, 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 and of course, NHL are so unpredictable because, of, like I just said, look at the Hawks in Edmonton. And then look at the way the Hawks played last night against you know Vegas. I mean, you don't know what you're going to see in the export. For the NBA, I mean, is it really a reach for me to predict the Lakers over Portland? No, of course not. You're right. No. I mean, eight, eights don't really win a first-round no. series. I think it's only happened twice, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe three times. Uh, you know, Denver famously uh, uh, bounced uh, Seattle. The Bulls lost once as a one seed, but that was the series where they lost Derrick Rose. That was the Philly series. Derrick Rose gets hurt. Joe Kim Noah, I don't think, played the last game or two of that series either, so... You know, you can sort of explain that one away. When the Bulls lost Rose, it was over for them. But eights don't really win in the. No. You're right. There's just not that. It, it's upsets are tough. There's I not mean, as much variance. It's not going to happen in hockey. It's going to happen. We may see. Look at the Stanley Cup. I mean, sometimes teams win. You go, what the heck happened there? You know, sure. you never say that with the NBA for the most part. There's no surprise. Well, but I will say this. The Toronto Raptors, okay, to me, after losing Leonard and now watching them, Two I seed. mean, yeah, it's a t- that's a team where you got Siakam, you got other, but that guy to not get coach of the year yeah. from Toronto after you lose. Kawhi Leonard and and they still they're still the two seed. That's a good point. And unbelievable yeah, to me. It's pretty amazing. Billy Donovan. Yeah. Come on, he's got players. It's pretty. It is pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, the way and I mean Donovan too. I but I do think he did a good job. But you're right, Darnell. I mean, uh, I'm thinking Nick of Nurse, Edmonton. right? Nick Nurse. I almost said Darnell Nurse I, from the Oilers. Nick Nurse. Yeah, incredible. I was calling the guy Nick Church about three <laughs> weeks ago. I don't even know the guy's name. He looks like he looks like uh, you know an office worker. He got the plaid jacket on. It's amazing. I mean, he looks like the guy at the end of the bar going, "I'll just have one more." That's it. And then this guy's just one of the best coaches. I mean, I got to read the garbage about Popovich. Oh, the Spurs are out for the first time in 23 years. Pop, pop. No. Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, and David Robinson. The, 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 the whole thing finally ended for him because he, he had the greatest run of Hall of Fame superstars. Yeah. I mean, if Reinsdorf owned the, the Spurs, if Jerry owned the Spurs, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have been together after twenty all those years. It I don't was believe a, it was a pretty good run of players for yes. uh, Greg Popovich. There's no doubt about Let's it. Let's see what he does now. From when, now on, when we come back, we're going to talk to our guy Jim Miller. He Jim will give us some ponies for the weekend. Mike and I have a few best plays for you too. So don't go anywhere. Yep. We're cruising along on this Friday night. We're the Odds Couple, presented by Prop Swap. 
This is The Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000 or stream it on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Entering the home stretch on this Friday night, Mike North, Carmen DeFalco, and we're the Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap each and every Friday. Encore replay tomorrow morning before the hockey show. Uh, every Saturday morning, you get that replay from 8 until 9 in case you miss anything. And uh, remember, you could always download the podcast, listen there. Uh, just make sure you have the great ESPN Chicago app on your smartphone or your device. That time in the show to say hi to our buddy from Hawthorne Racecourse. He is at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. The galloping gent, the one, the only, Jim Miller. Jimmy! There he is. What's up, Jimmy? What's up, boys? How you doing this week? Great. Everybody's doing great. We got, what, three weeks to go until the Kentucky Derby, right? We should be getting excited. We should be getting excited. It's really weird to think that the Derby is three weeks away. You know Tis the Law is going to be in the gate. The question is, who are the other 19 horses that are going to be in there with that horse? But it should be a really interesting race, and there's going to be a lot of value that pops up. I can tell you that. You know, Jimmy, I got to tell you, last week you were a gentleman on Twitter. Some guy was just badgering you because you had one loser. You know, I I know this from past experience. I try to be a gentleman, but you know what? How many uh, tweets have you gotten at Hawthorne Gym over the past five weeks when you've been 60 to 65%? You know what? You you get the good tweets and you get the bad tweets, and that's the good thing about it. And, And the way I am, I'm not one that's ever been one to block people. I like responding to people. I, I, I like the interaction with them. And uh, you know what? This, for this job, I've been doing it for over 20 years. So when you're at a racetrack and you're handicapping every race, every single day, you're not going to pick every winner. So fortunately for you guys, I get to be selective with my horses. And you try to provide some value. Some weeks it works out, some weeks it doesn't. But uh, I didn't mind it. A, a little bit of badgering is always a good thing. Yeah, you can't. I mean, listen, it, this is a hard thing to do, especially in horse racing. No, I just winners. want some graciousness when the yeah. man picks a winner. Right. I want the same guy to say thank you. They, they don't a ever. thank you would be nice. They don't ever do that, Mike. You know no. that. They never thank you for the I winners. Know. They just bust your balls about you the losers. You can win nine in a row, lose one game. Exactly. And that's and and and, and you're, you're going to hell. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that's all right, though. You know what? With, with doing it well provides high expectations. So let's put it that way. You guys yep. do a good job. I'll do a good job, and we'll keep the expectations high. There you go. All right, what do we got for this weekend, Jimmy? What do you like? All right, we're going to New York first, Saratoga Race Course. They have two half-a-million-dollar races on Saturday, and we're going to try to beat favorites in all three of these races. So first off, race number eight at Saratoga. $500,000 Saratoga Derby Invitational on the turf. Look to the six horse, Colonel Liam, seven to two in the morning line, only three lifetime starts, but this is a horse that's improved each and every start out. Javier Castellano rides for Todd Pletcher, and I think Colonel Liam will actually be a little bit better priced than what you see for that seven to two. Then go to race nine, the $500,000 Alabama. This is a mile and a quarter on the dirt. Now you're going to have a heavy favorite in there by the name of Swiss Skydiver. Try to beat this horse as well. Go into the two-horse. Spice is nice. This horse has speed. Gets the inside. John Velasquez for Todd Pletcher. And I think this is a horse that might be able to steal the race. So the two, Spice is nice and race nine at Saratoga. Then go to Woodbine. Woodbine on Saturday. Race 10, $500,000 Woodbine Oaks. Look to the one-horse, Curlin's Voyage. This is a horse that's bred to run all day long. Big effort last out. Loves the synthetic surface. Patrick Husband's rides. He loves that track at Woodbine. I think Curlin's Voyage will be really good in race number 10. Curlin's Voyage from Curlin, the the Curlin? 
That's right. Oh, got to like curling. So distance all day long. This horse should be able to run forever. Got to like that. Like the jeans there. Okay, so a couple of Todd Pletcher horses at Saratoga tomorrow. Race eight, the six horse. Race nine, the two horse. And then race 10 at Woodbine. We're going with the one horse, right? That's right, guys. Try to beat the favorites in each. If you want to back them up underneath with place and show money, you should be just fine. Beautiful. Jimmy, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right, you two boys, let's get some praise for picking some winners this week. That's right. There he is, Jim Miller, at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Yeah, and if he picks a winner, please reach out and say thank you, Jim. I got agitated. I don't get agitated unless somebody's fired on me and I can fire back. Jim Miller has been the last four or five. Randy Merkin will attest. You, everybody here will attest. The guy's been on fire picking, like, miscellaneous races. He's the man. You know, don't be a rat. You know, give the guy a compliment once in a while. Throw him a tip. Say, good job. Because I know there's been people, I know a couple guys that bet the horses that have been going with his picks, and they've been winning. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mike, let's give out. Let's try to give out a few winners. What are we liking uh, for this weekend? We got a lot of action. We still, you know, we've got baseball. We got NBA uh, bubble action tomorrow that we talked about with that that playing series game between Portland and Memphis. NHL playoffs have been great. So, what do we like? I got one game. Now, last week I was 3-0. and I was 1-0 and with Carmen Yurko. And, uh, I, I was 2-0 and on the show here uh, with, with uh, baseball. I'm going to go one game. And I got all excited earlier. I heard the name Houston. Okay? But it's different Houston. <laughs> it's the Houston. Well, I don't want to replace some na- some letters, but it's the Astros. Yes, they are under 500, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. They are playing Seattle tonight. Seattle is dog you-know-what, mm. okay? They got seven wins. Yet I see on the money line, even though the Houston Astros are a two, you know, 200 to one. I mean, basically, you got to bet 200 to win 100 with them. But on the run line, they're only... If you take Seattle, you only are minus 115. You get a run, mm, a run and, and a half. Run and a Usually, half minus 115, wow. Yeah, that's how they want to trap you both ways. Mm-hmm. They, want it, they want you to take Houston, okay, minus the one and a half, okay, at minus, at minus 105. And then they want you to bet the game, too. So they'll bet you around both ways. But we're too smart for that, aren't we, ladies and gentlemen? Okay, even I know what they're trying to do. Tonight, another big winner, one winner, step to the window, late game, Seattle. I'll be watching because I bet what I pick. Seattle run line. Is that going to be the play, Mike? That's it. Beautiful. That's it, baby. Seattle run line tonight, laying the 115. I got a baseball game, too. Padres in Arizona tonight. Uh, Denelson Lament and Merrill Kelly. It's a very good pitching matchup. And what I'm looking at here is the total of nine. Uh, Pods have done well against the D-backs, 5-2 and two so far this year. All those games were San Di- in San Diego. So this is the first one uh, that's going to be in Arizona. A little bit uh, of a more hitter-friendly park, a little. But five of the seven games went under the total. Mm-hmm. And when you got two starters here tonight uh, in Lamette and Kelly sporting sub-2.5 ERAs, I kind of like the pitching matchup. 
and I'm going to go uh, under the total in nine tonight. So I like that game. Mm-hmm. Also told you that, um, you know, I maybe more of a lean that Mike and I like to give out every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I really think that there's some value in the Grizzlies. I think the line is inflated tomorrow because of the way okay. uh, Portland has played and how much the Grizzlies struggled. But I think the Grizz getting the seven points tomorrow against a Portland team that might be spent because the way they had to play to get in uh, is is probably a good play. So a couple little pieces of action for everybody there, and hopefully we got some winners, right, Mike? And look for Twitter. Uh, I'll have some golf picks during the week. Beautiful. Uh, and on behalf of Odds Couple, we can't give them out. We don't know what's going to happen by Sunday. Right. But, uh, but look for matchups and stuff like that, folks. And then next week, the start of the playoffs for uh, for golf with the Northern Trust, too, and then they'll be rolling to Olympia Fields for the BMW in a couple weeks. So we Man, have plenty I don't of good care. golf. They could they could be playing at they could be playing at parking. Okay, if there's a line, golf betting's been good. Absolutely. All right, we thank uh, Randy Merkin as always. Sean Davis, thank you so much. Uh, another fun uh, evening. Yep. Everybody, happy wagering and have a great weekend. Mike and I will be back with you next Friday. Mike, have a great weekend, buddy. You two comps along, everybody. For Mike North, I'm Carmen DeFalco. This is the Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap.